Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. You just don't want to miss the moment, do you? You don't want to miss the moment of what God's doing in you and around you and through the people that are around you. Um, welcome. Truly glad to be with you this morning. Um, praise the Lord for you. And uh, folks, we love you. We love you. Even if this is the first time we've met you, we love you. Um, we're truly glad that you are, are here uh, today. And um, we, we continue in worship. Worship doesn't, doesn't end when the last note is sung or when the last chord is played. Uh, we continue in worship when we pray. We continue in worship when we get into the scripture. We continue in worship as we listen to the script, uh, sermons. And uh, we also continue in worship in our giving. And we firmly believe that that tithing and offering and giving is, is mirroring and reflecting the character of our God because God is a generous God. He truly is. And so uh, at Wapaknaz, uh, you can give a few ways and joy boxes at the exits or online. And we are very appreciative um, that you have continued to do so. And so this morning, uh, the scriptures are up on the, uh, the screen there. And I'd ask that you actually open up to Luke. Um, we're going we're gonna to start in Luke and then we're going to spread out from there. And there is a lot of scripture this morning, but Luke chapter 23 um, and we're going to skip around in the story a little bit, but uh, as you open up the scriptures or pull out your phone or your iPad or whatever you have, your scrolls, uh, I don't know what you have, um, but as you open up to Luke 23, uh, I want to ask the question, have you ever been exposed? I mean, not like the way I was when my sister locked me out of the front house in just a towel, um, not that type of exposed. But uh, have you ever been exposed in a way where something that you worked so hard to hide um, instantaneously became revealed publicly? I was, uh, I don't know if I was fourth or fifth grade, um, but I was, I, was, I was going together, whatever going together in elementary school was. I was going together with this girl, Jessica, and uh, as I was going together with Jessica, my eyes, my eyes caught another, another, another girl. Yeah, I know. I was in elementary school. Come on, give me some credit here. Uh, and so I devised this masterful, foolproof plan. I would ask this other girl out. And if she said yes, I dumped Jessica. And if she said, <laughs> poor Jessica, wow. And if she said no, well, I still have Jessica. How you doing? Right? So one day walking home from school, there she was 
in all her brown curls. And so I walked up to her and I asked if she would go together with me. And she said, no. But I soon found out that's not all she said uh, because she went and talked to Jessica, her friend. Um, And out in front of Jessica's front yard, (laughs) Jessica laid into me. uh, And uh, I was absolutely embarrassed. And apparently I didn't learn very well because when I was... The day after graduation, I did my my best to hide um, my celebrating graduation, if you know what I mean. And I did that to an extreme measure by washing my own clothes. Um, And when I went down to retrieve my clothes from the dryer, there it was on the top of the dryer, a beer bottle cap mocking me. letting me know that I had been had and that I didn't do very well at hiding what I was trying to hide. It was very apparent that my mom knew what was going down. If you're a teenager in this room, if you're a kid in this room, your parents know everything. They know it. How much you try to hide it, they know it. Don't do it. Whatever it is. Something that you work really hard to hide becomes instantaneously aware and exposed. It was a few years later, my sophomore year, where uh, when I I walked out of a cheap, darkened hotel room off of the college campus um, after a late night of partying, And I walked out of the hotel room, and I'll never forget, my eyes were crusted over, and the sunlight was piercing my eyes, and I could feel the heat of the sun. And right then, in that moment, I was exposed. I was exposed. Um, I knew that I had been trying to belong and become connected that I was going in a trajectory of my life that would lead me down in some ways that I didn't need to go down I knew that there was something in my life that I needed more than than what was happening I knew that there was more to life than what I was doing and living and giving it was two weeks later that I was exposed again in a bathroom um, at 5 p.m when somebody asked me, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? And I answered no. Um, I knew two weeks earlier that there was something going on greater than I I knew. Um, And then I was exposed because I knew that I needed forgiveness. I knew that I needed grace. I knew that I was in darkness and moving in a trajectory that would lead me even down a darker path. I was exposed, my chest cavity was wide open, not only to myself, but to the Lord. Have you ever been exposed? Today I want to share with you the fact that Jesus Christ's crucifixion exposes the heart. It exposes the heart. 
And so I'd like for us to go right into Luke chapter 23. And we're going to pick up at verse 13. And yes, we're going to do a little skipping around. If you'd like to fill in the cracks and crevices, you can a little later. Luke chapter 23, verse 13. Pilate called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I've examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. With one voice they cried, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found him found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. With loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and that would be Barabbas, and surrendered Jesus to their will front end of verse 26 as they led him away two other men both criminals also led out with him to be executed verse 32 verse 33 when they came to the place called the skull they crucified him along with the criminals one on his right and the other on his left Jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing And they divided up clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. Skipping down to verse 44. It was now about the sixth hour, 12 p.m. And darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, that would be 3 p.m. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. Verse 47. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Heavenly Father, we ask that the scriptures speak today. And we also ask that we are in tune and we listen to what you have to say. But may we not be merely listeners, but may we wrestle and do that with what has been spoken, Father. Ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. On that Friday, it was a triple execution. Three men, two criminals, one innocent, Jesus Christ, all set for execution. On the hill of Golgotha, an exposed hill outside the city of Jerusalem. And Jesus Christ himself suspended above the earth, suspended above the people below him. There, 
He was nailed naked to the cross, physically exposed with open wounds, exposing the inside of his flesh. Now those around him, some of those around him were horrified and were grieving in this moment. That would be his mother, Mary, who was there and at his birth, right? She carried him for nine months. Others, along with her, Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of Joseph, and James the Younger. And there was John, as well as other women. And John, one of Jesus' disciples, one that he called, Jesus called three years before at the side at the edge of the Sea of Galilee. There were still others surrounding, others below, watching and mocking and scoffing. These would be the chief priests, the high priests, those of the Sanhedrin, the teachers of the law. We would call these the religious fanatics, the elite. And in no way, shape, or form were they grieving. Still, there were others below him around the cross on that exposed hill. Those would be those men that were obligated to be there the centurion leading the rest of his Roman battalion, those soldiers who put the nails into all three, uh, all three men, two criminals and one innocent, who suspended them above the earth, and now who were casting lots for Jesus' garments. Those men were obligated. They were following orders from Pilate, passed down from Pilate, Pontius Pilate. And then we have Jesus himself suspended above the earth, above all those around. I think it becomes very aware, apparent that even in this story that there are those that would be expected to be there that aren't, that aren't there. It's kind of eerily obvious that they aren't there. It's the other 11 that aren't beside John. It's Peter. It's James, John's brother. It's Andrew, Peter's brother. It's Simon, the zealot. Nathaniel, Philip. The rest of those men that Jesus built into. And let us not forget Judas Iscariot, who continued to push the flywheel for a premeditated murder. He himself, not there because he offed himself. Barabbas the one that was released as Jesus took his place. He is eerily not there as well. And so the scene before us, Jesus Christ between two criminals, the innocent in between the guilty, and those surrounding him, grieving, horrified, mocking, and scoffing, and those just not even there, those absent from this moment. Jesus, naked, nailed, exposed physically, open wounds, exposing his flesh, but also exposing his heart. A strange exposure of the heart of God. See, John, who was there on the exposed hill of Golgotha, witnessing these hours of suffering 
brutality and literally the death of his leader as he gave his last breath, years later, looks over his shoulder and he pins these words in 1 John chapter 4. And he says, God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. John was taking it very personally. He sent his one and only son into the world. That's Christmas. That we might live through him. Then he continues, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son, Christmas, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, Easter. John looks over his shoulder and reflects on those moments where he was there on the exposed hill as Jesus is exposed above him. And as his open wounds expose his heart, truly exposing the heart of God for humanity. And as John would say, for himself, for John himself, the one whom Jesus loved. See, the cross exposes the heart, the heart of God. Because it is there that God expresses his deep love for humanity in the crucifixion. God exposes his heart to all of us collectively and individually in that moment. And in the face of this tragedy, Jesus himself lives out his teachings. Does he not? In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you've heard that it was said, love those, love your enemies, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He says those words to a, a mass amount of impoverished and poor. And in that moment, hanging above, suspended above all of those people, he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. The heart of God truly is exposed in this moment, but also the heart of man is exposed at the crucifixion as well. Those that are obligated to be there. The centurion and the soldiers, they're exposed at the fact that this is not Roman justice. Pilate himself, not there in the moment, is exposed. A man who is just trying to hold on to his prominence. See, history shows for Pilate that he's battled with the Jewish people and now he's appeasing with the Jewish people because his ego and his position can't hold any more losses. So balancing the precipice between Caesar and the Jewish people, Pilate succumbs to the Jewish people's desire, the leaders and the religious elite's desire for the crucifixion. And he sends the command down the line. It exposes his own true heart. That rather than saving the life of an innocent village carpenter, he holds true to his prestige and his power and his authority. Peter and the disciples, those that proclaim belief in Christ, now exposed because they ran away. And Peter himself, the one who's not there, 
along with the rest that ran away? Peter who said, I will follow you even to the point of death. As soon as Jesus was arrested, began to follow Jesus at a distance and eventually denies him three times and is eerily absent from the moment of suffering. He's not beside Jesus on his deathbed. A heart exposed. And then there's the chief priests, the Sanhedrin, the teachers of the law, the religious elite. They're holding on to a corrupt system a corrupt and broken system that doesn't provide anything for the people. The people are no, no closer to God than they were before. They're holding on to prominence. They're holding on to power. They're holding on to the system, the status quo. And they push the flywheel ever so much more for the premeditated murder of an innocent man. Hidden behind religion, these men allow an execution of an innocent man to unfurl before their eyes, pulling the strings of power from Rome and pulling at the masses in which they have power over. Hate hidden behind religion, denying their own law of, that says, thou shalt not murder thou shalt not kill the image of God hearts exposed there's John Jesus' disciple there's Mary, his mom and the rest of the Marys there's a lot of them and Salome see they're not arrested they're not obligated to be on that exposed hill they're not obligated, but they stay. They stay and watch for six hours. They followed him through the streets to this exposed hill. They watched. They watched the nails go through the skin right into the wood. And they watched him suspended. And they watched and listened to all those that mocked all those that scoffed and they didn't leave they were not obligated to be there but they chose to be there their commitment was exposed and they watched him and they didn't plead they didn't plead or beg to those that had power they didn't plead or beg to the Roman centurion to bring him down. And they didn't plead and beg to Jesus, knowing that he could have brought himself down. They watched the scene unfurl before their eyes. And their love exposed, their commitment exposed, their grief exposed, their vulnerability exposed. See, Jesus Christ's crucifixion exposes all the hearts of man. And his crucifixion exposes God's heart for man.
It exposes your heart. And in the face of hatred from the religious elite hiding behind the religion, it speaks love. See, when Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing, it applied to all the soldiers throwing dice for his clothes. For all the soldiers nailing him to the cross. For all the soldiers mocking him. For those who pushed the flywheel, the religious elite, who made this murder happen. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. He speaks that to all of them. He speaks that over the absent. Peter, James, John. John was there. Forgot. Thomas, Philip, Nathaniel. He speaks it over them all. It exposes the heart of God for all of mankind. So today, it exposes us. It exposes your heart. Where are you? No greater love has no one than this that a man lay down his life for his friend that is the greatest love that is God's love expressed on the cross for you and me and your neighbor and your friends and your family and those you really don't like those that annoy you for all of humanity we become exposed when we look at the cross I ask you today, have you ever been exposed? Has your chest cavity just been broken wide open and revealed what has been hidden that you have kept so close that you've played the game to hide? The sin that comes to surface, the motivations and the intentions that rise above those habits that you now are held high but Jesus wants to restore it all whatever is exposed in my career my personal career um, which has been a train wreck my whole life it looks like a train wreck at least it looks haphazard I sat at a table with a leader who exposed the team and the intentions of the team. And I was one of the team. And in that moment, I could have done one of two things. I could have accepted responsibility. I could have owned up or I could have covered up. And I covered up. but then we were all called out and I broke I was exposed I sat at a table with another man having dinner with family and friends and that man wringing his hands because he had things hidden and he didn't want to expose them 
distinctly remember that moment. He was just hiding. It eventually came to light. And he was broken. Folks, we could do one of two things when we're exposed by the cross of Christ. Because Jesus himself said, there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. Nothing concealed that will not be made known and brought to the light. Nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. Nothing hidden that will not be made known. Paul puts it this way. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Folks, have you ever been exposed? Or are you trying to hide? Are you trying to hide? You might be hiding behind religion because Jesus isn't about religion. Religions do and don't do. Relationship is what has been done on behalf of you by Christ. Are you hiding something? I can tell you this. It's not hidden from the Lord. He knows. My hope and my prayer for all of us is that what becomes exposed becomes sanctified, becomes cleansed, becomes whole and holy. God doesn't expose things to point at you and judge you. God exposes things in our life that he may redeem them, that you may be restored, that you may be whole and holy, that you may be complete and experience him fully. So, we can do one of two things. We can cover up and own up. There's an interesting moment at the foot of the cross after Jesus gives his life. The centurion. The centurion who was leading the group, who was leading those that crucified, that put the nails into the two criminals and to the innocent Jesus, that village carpenter. He was still at the foot of the cross guarding the bodies guarding the men and Mark tells us this when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died he said surely this man was the son of God in that moment God's heart was exposed it was very evident for the centurion this Roman pagan who had the last say stood at the feet of the cross and saw the true heart of God for all of mankind, for you and me. He became exposed and he exposed the truth. He exposed the truth of Jesus Christ. Surely this man was the son of God. He owned up. He owned up on the truth. When we cover up, 
we defend by excuses. I defended by excuses around that table with that leader. And he called my excuses out. Folks, when we defend by our excuses, we, ignore, we eventually and very quickly ignore what is before us that has been exposed. And when we cover up and we make excuses and we ignore it, we eventually invite it in and we give it power over us and it becomes our master. What is hidden and those things that we put our effort to hide become our master. But when we own up, we acknowledge. We acknowledge it. There's acknowledgement and we become very vulnerable before ourselves and before the Lord and we take responsibility and we are held accountable and we repent and release. But the thing is, it's not just about the exposure, it's about the redemption of what is exposed. So I ask you, what are you hiding? What have you kept hidden? What have you kept to yourself? Would you mind bowing your heads just for a moment? And I would ask that you ask the Lord in this moment. We're not going to do this when you go home. We're asking that you do this now. Will you ask him to search your heart? just like David did. Will you ask him to search your heart? See if there's been anything hidden. God has revealed that to you. Now will you ask him, Lord, expose it. Just expose it. Bring it to light. Make it visible. Now will you own up Will you own up to whatever it may be? Whether it was done to you or whether you chose to do it, it is now your responsibility to own it and allow him to redeem it. So will you repent and release of whatever it may be? Father, we we do ask that you search us, not just in this moment, but as we go through this week. From teenagers to seasoned vets in this room and those listening to my voice 
Will you search our hearts? And will you reveal that those things that we hide, some of which we are very aware that we're hiding, others that we haven't realized that we've been hiding for a long time. Will you expose it? Will you bring it to the light? Your light, the light of the world. Bring it out of the darkness, bring it to surface. Whether it be a sin or a habit or or an intention or unforgiveness or whatever it may be. Bring it to light and Lord Father, we we want to give it to you and we, we want you to restore us. And if it's like the chief priests and if it's hate, then will you transform it to love? If it's obligation, will you transform it to relationship? If we've been absent from you, Lord Father, may we become more present with you. If it's unforgiveness, will you transform it to forgiveness? If it's pain, wounds that have been deep, that have been afflicted in our life, will you transform it to healing and wholeness? If it's anxiety, will you transform it to peace because of your love? Father, I thank you that in the exposure of the cross, you desire transformation of what's been exposed. I love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we ask today. Amen. This week, we just allow him to work on whatever's been exposed to you because it's not been hidden from him. It's not. And he wants to redeem and restore and make whole and make holy. So would you please stand? And uh, folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself? Be loved people loving people to Jesus this week. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.